Welcome to Sooners with Kevin Clark. I am Kevin Clark. I am watching confetti be picked up by random, I was going to say Chiefs employees, but they're all gone. Um, sponsors? I don't know. There's about 100 people left on the field. We are here at State Farm Stadium. I think that's what it's called. Lindsay, hello. How are you? I am great, Kevin. I'm having a little FOMO watching you there at the stadium, but uh, fun night. Oh, you're having, you're having FOMO? I'm on, I'm on like one corner of a uh, folding <laughs> table. Uh, there's a blue tarp here on most of it that I've removed uh, on this little corner here in order to, to record this and put a laptop. So um, yeah, I can see why you're jealous. No, um, it's well, a take, Super Bowl. I take it uh, back. Yeah, no, no. It's a Super Bowl. Um, you can never get jaded about this. Um, and, and I think that there are certainly people who, who, uh, who put on kind of airs and say, oh, Super Bowl, oh, I hate the game. Most I can leave on Sunday, Sunday morning. Nobody uh, when it kicks off, feels that way. It is uh, as special as you could possibly imagine. Everything feels bigger. Uh, it is. It is. It, I think this is May, my tenth, my eleventh, something like that. And it never stops feeling like the biggest event in the world. Patrick Mahomes is the biggest player in the world. He has won his second Super Bowl championship. Harrison Butker made a kick with only four seconds left. Uh, saw, just saw Butker uh, in the tunnel there. He said that when it's a short kick, when there's no wind, you know, as soon as you hit, you make contact that it's going in. So he knew before anybody, they were going to be world champions. Um, this is, and I, I hate to do it, um, but this is about a Mahomes legacy. This is about a ref's legacy. Um, this is about uh, a, a lot of things. Let's start here, Lindsay. Uh, the biggest thing you learned tonight was what? This episode is brought to you by Thomas's. Thomas's presents Pondering the Bagel with Tom. Oh, the paradox of the bagel. Tis crunchy yet soft. Tis filling yet has a hole. Tis a vehicle for spreads, but only travels from toaster to plate. Thomas's. Huzzah! A toast to breakfast. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Like, what do you have to do to Mahomes to take him out of a game? Um, that scene of him at the end of the second quarter where the second that he got his ankle rolled up on the way that he stayed on the ground, the way that he hobbled to the sideline. And then that face that he was making as he collapsed basically like into the arms or the shoulder of a chief's trainer. I was like, this dude is done. He's not coming back in the third quarter, but not only did he come back in the third quarter, he played awesome in the second half of that game. Yep. He was scrambling. He was hitting the throws on the run that he needed to. And yes, this wasn't like a bonkers passing yardage type of game for Patrick Mahomes. Yep. But this dude is just unreal. And yes, there was a late penalty that we're going to talk about. There was a late penalty in the end of the AFC championship game that we're not talking about anymore. Ultimately, what, what we're going to remember about this game is Patrick Mahomes doing goat shit right? That um, we will be talking about. We're going to be telling our kids about this game. My kid hopefully yep. will remember it. She's a little bummed. She picked the Eagles, yep. but this is like <laughs> legendary stuff that we'll be not, ta- not just talking about tomorrow. We're going to be talking about this type of performance forever. 
James Bradbury, by the way, took responsibility and said yeah. he did tug on the jersey. So I think we can kind of we can argue it for a long time. But Bradbury is the one who said I tugged on his jersey. So let's yeah. let's at least put that in the in the notebook when we're talking about that penalty. I understand the idea of not wanting the game to be called on on one thing at the end and that being the determining factor. But like that's the thing, you know, I always remember there's a game, a book called The Hidden Game of Football where they talk about, you know, kind of we seem to to act as if offenses are passive in penalties when, when those are called, right? The Chiefs put pressure on defensive backs. The defensive backs make little mistakes like that, right? Like, that, that that's part of the story here. And so, yes, Mahomes goes downfield all the time. He was taking a risk late in the game. Like, it's that kind of thing. They were going for a touchdown, and a player like James Bradbury made a mistake. He admitted to the mistake. So, I think, yes, I don't like the idea that a, a Super Bowl hinges on one call. But again, just like the AFC Championship game, what do you want them to do? Not call it because it would be yeah. cooler if one thing that one one thing didn't. I mean, I, I don't know. I have more questions than answers on that. Um, but I I kind of understand why an epic back and forth game you wanted to be settled with with a run with a throw whatever. Not on a Harrison Butker field goal. It was kind of anticlimactic. I understand all of that, but that's just the mechanics of the game. I'm sorry. Like yes, if we had the script writers, if the script writers were here, they would come up with something better. I'm sorry, that's not how this works. And also, by the way, as you just alluded to, we will never. Remember the penalty. They'll remember it in Philadelphia. They'll remember it if you had the Eagles and, and you, you you bet responsibly on FanDuel. All of that stuff. But but there's so many little things that you know a, 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 a team got screwed here, a team got screwed there. We don't remember this. All we're going to remember is that, that Patrick Mahomes won a second Super Bowl championship. And, and Travis Kelsey said after the game he wanted this game more than any game in his history in his life because the second one solidifies the greatness. And I think he was talking about himself, and he's kind of just basically, basically saying, no one can say you got lucky once. There's lots of people who won the Super Bowl once. Um, when you get the second, you're in rarefied air. And I think you can extend it to Patrick Mahomes. Um, he was going to get it eventually. We knew that. Um, but to get it in this kind of back and forth, the fact that, here's the stat, Mahomes is now 14-10 and 10 when his team falls behind by 10 or more points. No other quarterback has a winning percentage more than 37% since 1950, so in the, in the last 73 years. And it's really incredible to me, the ability that, the fact that he makes these miracles look normal, the fact that he makes, you know, he does this, basically he does it because he's able to generate yardage very quickly, so that that's the reason he's able to come up with these miracles. Um, but what's astounding to me is when you talk to him after the game and he just did his little press conference he said that basically all he told them was let's play with more joy um which i i think is it's very marie kondo right um but on the other on the other hand like that's what their offense is it's joy uh dan orlovsky was on the show a couple of days ago and he said that and this is hopefully you know what dan orlovsky's meaning when he says this he plays like a pop warner quarterback in his sixth year in the nfl which means he plays with a childlike wonder and innocence and and you do things that you think are incredibly cool because you can do them and i'm i'm kind of writing about this a little bit where it's like you know one of the reasons football at the highest level becomes boring is because people just aren't capable of that like every quarterback if they could do the things mahomes wants to do all the time if they could do them they would do them they just can't he combines this innovation and this creativity with a style of play that's just really incredible um you know i, I i've said this before but like you know, I, I think that, um, and Walter Isaacson's talked about this in his books, and I've, I've kind of cribbed this from Mahomes, that the the intersection between art and science is where you get to g- true genius, and that's Mahomes. Like, he's playing it like an artist, but he also, it's all precision. He knows exactly his limits. He knows what he's doing. Like, there, this is not, no one should be surprised at this point. Yeah, I mean, absolutely not. I mean, and that's why I think what I was mentioning, like, what I would remember is, like, 
if you told me he won his second Super Bowl, his second MVP by age 27, when it, under perfect conditions, no question, right? Yeah. But these were less than ideal situations for him, right? They were trailing at halftime. Um, and yes, he has a lot of comebacks, but he was like 14 and 10 in games that they had trailed at halftime. We've seen him do it. Um, but it felt like a big lead, right? Like there were times in that yeah. first half where it just felt like both offensively, offensively and defensively that the Chiefs didn't have a ton of answers. And at the moment when we were, we should have all been questioning him, the injury, the yeah. deficit, all of these things is when he started playing his best. And that is the thing that maybe surprised me a little bit. And it never will. Again, I will never rule this guy no. out. Why were you in, doing it in the first place? And By the I way, he said after the game, he, he, he said after the game, he said, I, I wish I could play, make it easier, but I play better when I'm behind. He said that. And I think yeah. there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, defenses get tight when they're up on Patrick Mahomes. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. But the second part of it is that I, 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 he's, he's able to just, A, generate pressure, or sorry, generate yardage, B, put pressure on the defensive backs, and somebody yeah. is going to make a mistake. Then you combine that with the play calling of Andy Reid, where he gets two wide open walk-in touchdowns. I, I don't know how you stop this unless it's like the offensive line uh, issues in Tampa against Tampa. Yeah, we know how you um, do it. You know, Have I, all of your offensive linemen injured yeah, at the same time. Exactly, exactly. And and listen, by the way, the Eagles were the third best defensive line in the history of football, and Mahomes was able to handle that quite easily. And and the move that both T.J. Watt and Miles Garrett talked about on the show, where he was able to, he's basically able to just throw out of sacks, and and that is so annoying to someone like T.J. Watt. Um, you saw that there was a, a Jordan Davis play, um, where he was basically just he was all over him, and Mahomes was able to get on him. Um, this was a masterclass for a couple of people, not just Mahomes, not just Reed. I would say, how about Brett Veach and that front office yeah. and Brant Tillis and those, those cap guys. Like I, I am so impressed with the fact that the offensive line handled their business. Reed said after the game, this was going to be a big boy game. Um, I guess you could, you could extend it that, that Mahomes is the ultimate big boy. But what he meant by that was who wins among the huge people going. And I got to tell you, the fact that the, the Eagles had this historic defensive line and it it didn't look like it. That's team building, and that's a team that yeah. that that solves its problems. I mean, we talk about Howie Roseman and his ability to fill gaps really quickly. Like Brett Veach did a great great job. Um, the fact that Mahomes got his ankle rolled up on made that even more important because he's going to be scrambling. He's you know you don't want him back there uh, getting teed off on. So I I think obviously Mahomes had to had to run at points, but the protection was good. I I just I can't say enough about the way this roster came together at the exact right time. It's not a surprise uh, that they get to the conference championship game every single year. When those two are together, and I'll add Veach into this, when those three are together, that's the minimum. This is Brady Belichick territory. That is the minimum, yeah. barring injury, that they will get to. And most years, they're going to be in a one-possession game for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm curious to hear how, your answer to this, but you know, I was watching all the post, the, the post-game interviews on the field, and... Obviously, the, yeah. the dynasty word is getting mentioned. I'm curious how much it was getting talked about behind the scenes in the podium, yeah. in the locker yeah, room, yeah. because that's where we're at right now. When you talk about roster building, what we're seeing right now from yeah. the Chiefs is something that 
basically every other organization outside of the Brady-Belichick era Patriots have been unable to do. And that is to continually reinvent themselves around the quarterback they have and the financial situation that they're dealing with. When they won a Super Bowl, their first Super Bowl three years ago, they hadn't yet paid Patrick Mahomes. They did that on a completely different style of roster. When they lost last year or two years ago, they had a very clear roster deficiency on their offensive line. They went out and addressed that knowing that they had already paid their quarterback. They traded away Tyree kill rather than pay him that next massive contract and rebuilt that group. Um, not to mention all of the stuff that we've talked at now ad nauseum about, about the way that Patrick Mahomes yeah. has reinvented himself, but that's dynasty. St- that's dynasty stuff. Right. And I'm curious exactly yeah. what point we get to officially declare it. There's two things. Number one, Travis Kelsey was asked about it. He basically said, call us a dynasty, call, call us whatever you want. <laughs> all we know is that it, it was funny because he said, all I know is that we'll be back. And then I think he realized that like, that's a kind of a cocky quote. And so he said, back with the same mindset, the good mindset, <laughs> like kind of like making like, it, he turned a good quote into a bad quote. He's <laughs> I mean, right. You could though. truncate it, but it goes against the spirit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, the second thing is that this is what I think is scary for the NFL. And I've written this a couple of times. You and I have talked about this, that Mahomes said something that's going to stick with me. I'm going to write this in our column, in my column, our column, since you're editing it, our column, um, that he appreciates the failures. And what he meant by that was he went through the Bucks Super Bowl and learned. I mean, he, he, he basically told me he, he saw a ghost and started bailing and, and just reverted to a way that he doesn't like to play. Um, and then he really like the, the Bengals game really spooked him and he felt like he took his foot off the gas and he never wanted to do that again. And again, maybe that goes to, they were up and he likes playing from behind. Um, but I think that the fact that he's able to learn, and as you said, reinvent himself, that to me should be the most scary thing. If you're Brandon Staley, hoping to make a run next year, if you're Sean Payton, trying to, to have Russell Wilson, um, do something next year, like barring injury, he knows how to get better every single year. And he talked about the, the drain of that and just the pressure of, of, of this, it, use the word strain, of getting better all the time when you're at the pinnacle. But he's equipped for it. He's wired for it. He understands the lessons um, that, 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 that you need to take with you. And that, I think, is the most important thing. And that's the reason I'm seeing a bunch of uh, people in red T-shirts run through confetti right now about 300 feet behind me. Well, I will say about the confetti, I, um, a couple of nights ago, when I saw you, when I was in Phoenix, I had my jacket on, I think it was at media night and I reached in my pocket and I was like, what is this? And I pulled out and it was blue and yellow confetti from last year's oh. Super Bowl, which I apparently had not worn that jacket for in forever. And I, you know, after the game, I was like, oh, I'll scoop a handful, shove it in my jacket. No big deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. One of our, um, one of our coworkers, Riley McAtee, one of the, our, our other NFL editors here, the guy who's behind all those really cool special builds that we do. Um, he tweeted this the other day and I've thought a lot about it, about how, like, is this really the a stakes? high stakes Super Bowl? No, it was yes. like the stakes. Yeah where, he said, yeah. where he's kind of like, Aren't the, the stakes just aren't that high in the Super Bowl because both of yeah. these teams have won with the, within the last five years. Both teams are, you know, have young town cores, good quarterbacks, you know, good coaches where th- there wasn't this like life changing type of thing for anybody here. But, you know, I do think there was a lot at stake for Andy Reid um, and not just because he was playing the Eagles, but 
you know, he's kind of moved now into a different stra- different stratosphere of coaches yes. and the way that we we talk about guys, the way that we consider their careers. And and it's unfortunate sometimes that trophies are the things and rings that are the things that will define that. Um, but getting that second Super Bowl, it just slammed shut the case on one, his Hall of Fame, but it's gonna move him into the discussion of not just like, is he one of the best coaches of his era of like his generation? It's is he one of the best coaches period of all time. And, you know, that's, that's pretty exciting to think about and what, what he's accomplished over multiple stages of his career. This episode is brought to you by Crown Royal. Speaking of Crown Royal, you may have caught their Super Bowl ad with Dave Grohl. It was fantastic. Thanking Canada for all the things people didn't know were invented by Canadians. Today was, of course, the biggest football Sunday of the year. The battle of the Kelsey brothers and two young quarterbacks. It's an event known around the world and some have been known to call it American football, especially if they're soccer fans. But did you know football was actually invented in Canada. Buckle up because what we now know is football started in an 1874 game between Harvard and McGill, a famous Canadian university. In 1875, Harvard played Tufts using the same rules. And in 1876, Walter Camp, known as the father of American football, codified those rules of the sport. So we know that Canada invented hockey. It's not a surprise. They also invented basketball a canadian invented basketball so now football we know was also invented by canadians a huge chunk of pro sports were invented by canadians what a country if inventing football wasn't enough canadians also created replay and the jockstrap and the cup man what 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 did we invent what did america invent definitely want to thank canada for all that which is really what the crown royal ad is all about being thankful love that about them Crown Royal, live generously and life will treat you royally. Please drink responsibly. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, Visit JiffyLube.com. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on Cars.com. It's really astounding. Um, the stakes thing was interesting to me. The only stakes for me, you mentioned the Andy Reid thing. What, what was possible with a win is different than what's possible with a loss. And that, that's the whole, I know that's the whole point of stakes. But what I mean by that is that the Eagles losing this, this game did not feel that significant. Like, I don't think this is some referendum on Nick Sirianni or Jalen Hurts or Howie Roseman or Jeffrey Lurie or yeah, I mean, Jordan and they Davis lost or Hassan on a final Rennick. second like, field goal. They didn't yeah. get so blown they acquitted out themselves or embarrassed. Well, yeah. I, I really don't think there's much 
much to glean from that. They almost won the Super Bowl. They almost won the freaking Super Bowl. They were up double digits in the Super Bowl um, at, at the half. I think more, this is about what was capable, what, what, what teams are capable of with a win. And to me, that means Mahomes doesn't have to hear annoying, like legacy questions. We would start to wonder, not we, like t- debate shows would start to say, oh, I don't know, one and two in Super Bowls. And he's lost two AFC championship games. And like, for me, that's not a huge problem if I'm Mahomes, because at some point you're just going to win a second Super Bowl and shut them up. It would be an annoying year, but he's won a Super Bowl. He's going to have $500 million soon. He's doing fine. Um, I don't think it's a huge, I, th- I think that's pretty low stakes is that, is that, you know, there are, there are people who at nine 30 on a Tuesday would question whether or not he's one of the goats. Like I, I, this is the middle of a career. And I think a lot of times those, I, I think we lack perspective and context on every, on every player in the moment. We don't realize that kind of, you know, whether that's the Jordan LeBron thing or, or the Brady Montana thing, like it takes a while for us to figure out who these guys are. And there are so many, I mean, Peyton Manning, you remember this, we've, we've both been around for a long time. Peyton Manning was the ultimate choker at, at the midpoint in his career. Ultimate choker. Everybody made fun of him. Then he won two Super Bowls, including one where he could barely stand up, right? And no one remembers the choking thing. And Roger Clemens, someone, I was, everybody used to say he was the ultimate choker. Like, it doesn't matter, right? So my, the point I'm making here is like, even if you lose... All of that stuff just goes away in the wash, right? I don't really think that that anything that people are going to say or those takes, I don't think those are ever at stake because they don't matter. What people say does not matter because it evaporates into thin air. What matters is Except stats for what and we rings. say on the ringer.com, it matters. No, what we get. Yeah. But what matters is at some point on pro football reference, someone in 30 years is going to pull up your name and they're going to see the rings. Mahomes was always going to have four, five, maybe six, it might, might be in Jordan territory. So when they happen, doesn't matter to me. Because as I just told you, he's going to be in this game more often than he's not. There's only one other person in my lifetime I can talk about like that. The other, obviously Joe Montana, you could do that with, but that, you know, he was before my time and then Steve Young after that. But he's going to get his. That's the, he's the only player I can safely say who's going to get his. I have no idea if Justin Herbert is ever going to win a Super Bowl. I have no idea if Joe Burrow is ever going to win a Super Bowl. You know what I can guarantee you? Mahomes is going to win two more. I don't know, at least. I would bet so much money on Mahomes winning two more. That's just the kind of player he is and the infrastructure he's in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think that, I mean, as we keep coming back to, right, that's kind of our ultimate takeaway. When you look at some of the other, just like key players in this game, um, Chiefs offensive line, huge, yeah. huge game. Um, we've been Andrew hearing Wiley, it all. baby. I mean, that group and considering where as a unit, and I know it's in different individuals, but what we were saying about the Chiefs offensive line exactly two years ago uh, when they lost that game in Tampa to what's been done now, that group, right? They didn't give up a sack. Am I right, right. in that? Is that game book accurate? Yeah, they, they did not. They did not. I mean, that's, and this is against a, a Eagles defensive line that is really freaking good, had the highest sack rate. Um, in the NFL and by a very, very significant margin, a group that uh, carried itself with a lot of swagger. Um, you know, I was, I was at Eagles practices this week and, you know, wrote pool reports from there. And, you know, you know, it's, it's this weird dynamic of like when you're out there because it's a pool report, you can't like directly report what you see, but I came away feeling like the Eagles and the D line especially was amped up and ready to go. And I thought, 
that group was going to get after the Chiefs offensive line a little bit more than ultimately we ended up seeing out of the group. Um, and then defensively, what were your biggest things to take away from what the Chiefs defense was able to do? Well, first of all, um, I think that there's a lot. I want to start I want to start with with both the things you you just addressed. The first thing is Andy Reid talked about how important the running game was. And he he, yeah. he basically qualified it. He knows how important the passing game is, but he qualified it by saying, you know, Mahomes led the way, but the running game in the second half really kept the Eagles defense uh I know this is a cliche, but off balance because they really were. Um with the Chiefs defense, I mean, first of all, at one point, especially with the two crucial penalties they gave them first downs um they looked sloppy and i was really worried about them and they gave up 24 first half points starting to get worried their ability to make enough stops in the second half obviously the when i went 35 27 now i want to i want to have a bone to pick with andy Reid. this is the one one thing i'll hang them on mm-hmm. they should have gone for two they should have ended mm-hmm. the game at 35 27 or 34 27 gone for two two yards to end the game with and I, I I think the same thing by the way the Kadarius Tony return, the Eagles should have gone for it on fourth down because both of these offenses can generate short yardage very very well. I would bet on the Eagles converting a fourth and two even if it's backed up against in your own territory. I would bet on Mahomes getting two yards to end the game. Um, so I do want to point that out. So they don't cover themselves in glory. Uh, the the bust on, on that on the the following drive the 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 Hurts score. Devonta Smith, wide open, busted coverage. Not really, I have to watch a tape on that. Not sure what happened there. Um, and so they did enough. When, when you're, you know, I remember talking to a couple of people around Kansas City a couple of, of years ago, and it's just like, it is a easy job to be Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes' front office guy, general manager guy, scout, right? But it's also the hardest because people are, are, are you know, there's, there's a, a low bar you have to clear, but you have to clear the bar. You have to clear the bar. And that defense did enough tonight. And I think, again, that goes to Steve Spagnola, who's fixed things. Um, that goes to Brett Feach. There's talent on that defense. Um, Trent McDuffie, boy, um, a much better player than he showed on that play against A.J. Brown, where he basically totally misplayed the ball. There were a couple of those. And I think that was, uh, first of all, his ball placement from Jalen Hurts. Um, but then second of all, A.J. Brown knowing where the ball was. Like There were a couple of plays where I said, man, the Chiefs DB is in position. He just missed it. Um, and then with McDuffie one, he wasn't even positioned. He just totally missed it. He was totally out to lunch. Um, but there were a couple of, uh, of head scratching defensive back plays, but they did just enough to let Mahomes win. And that's all you, you can ask for. Yeah. I mean, and I think, you know, I, I kept, uh, I kept waiting for like the really big, like Chris Jones moment. And, you know, I don't, we never got that like giant emphatic, you know, Chris Jones, like closer moment. Um, but yeah. there was enough like consistent pressure. I think that group did a good enough job. Obviously there was like a big stop early in the game by Frank Clark was kind of the first, like, Oh, yes. the chief's defense is showing up because after that first quarter, the first two drives, it really felt like, okay, first team that's going to kind of get a stop and is going to show up defensively here. Um, we we're kind of waiting for those moments, but yeah, I mean, it's a, t- it was a, t- it was a good team win. Um, Great team win. I don't, I don't feel like poorly about the Eagles coming away. If anything, I kind of feel similarly to how I did about the Bengals last year, where except for that, the Eagles were a better team throughout the duration of the season than the Bengals were. But I remember coming out of that bank, the the Super Bowl last year being like, the Bengals are good. And the Bengals are going to be here 
um, on this stage a lot of times. And the NFC is going to continue to be more wide open than the AFC is, I think, just because of the the, the elite quarterbacks at the very top of the And we'll see what AFC. happens with Aaron Rodgers, too. The Eagles, I think, still are going to have one of the very best rosters in the NFC moving forward. Howie Roseman is going to make sure of that. They're going to be facing some of these very difficult decisions coming up that the Chiefs have now have already dealt with, right? Paying your quarterback. You know, that is yeah. coming up soon now for Jalen Hurts, and it is absolutely not a question what they need to do there. Um, they're very well equipped with draft capital. Howie Roseman is probably going to find a way to steal another first-round pick from the Saints at some point, probably the Saints at some point uh, here in the not too distant future. Um, But I think they're going to be in a really, really interesting position moving forward. They have some big questions, right? Jason Kelsey's future, Fletcher Cox's future. They've got a lot of free agents coming up. Um, Nick Sirianni is probably going to have to rebuild his staff, right? There was the report today from Adam Schefter that uh, Shane Steichen is going to be the new head coach of the Indianapolis Colts in the not-too-distant future. They might be losing their quarterback's coach, Brian Johnson. So there's going to be change coming to Philadelphia. But the core is there, right? You've got the right head coach. You've got the right quarterback. Um, I'm And I'm just excited for their future, even though I know they're all really, really disappointed tonight. A couple of things. Number one, totally agree. Howie will, will fix it. I mean, nobody understands positional value, understands how to rebuild on a fly quite like Howie Rosen. We've seen that many times. The one thing that I think is important, and, and they're going to pay Jalen Hurts a lot of money, a lot of money. Um, you're seeing the value of an offensive head coach here, right? With Sirianni that you cannot, he's going to be there and he's going to be the guy. And I, I probably tell this anecdote too much, but in Seth Wickersham's um, Belichick book, after they lost Cronell and and uh, Charlie Weiss, the first game that your Wickersham, Wickersham saw, I think Mike Lombardi on the field and said, oh, this, this could be crazy. He lost both coordinators. And Lombardi said, it's all Bill. It's all Bill. It's all Bill. Like, you know, this isn't, this isn't, you know, oh, the linebackers coach is so important. No, everything flows through Bill. Same thing with Nick Saban in Alabama, right? Where those coaches are valuable and they help them. But like the whole thing flows through head coach. And what I'm intrigued by is Sirianni has established himself this year as a guy who could take great talent and make him and make it better. I mean, he maximized the talent um, next year. How does he repeat on that? Um, what happens? Is it, is it a Belichick situation where, where it all flows through him? Um, I'm, I just, I love seeing that because again, kind of to, 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 to channel Travis Kelsey, anyone can have kind of one good season. Um, the second season, the second great season is where you, you solidify yourself. So I'm intrigued to see how this develops. I do think the Seagulls team has some really good football ahead of them. A really, really, really great quarterback, um, who, was, who would have won MVP if there was a, a couple of different plays tonight. Um, are you upset? We didn't get the Nick Bolton MVP. I mean that was close. I, I we were so I know some close. People who, I know some people who had that uh, had that ticket. Some uh, Mizzou fans. I will say my da- my daughter put on her Mizzou cheerleading outfit tonight to watch the game, so she was really excited Beautiful. that the one Mizzou guy <laughs> on the on the field. Um, but look, I mean, we we talked we we started this pod tonight a little bit talking about officiating, right? I mean, yeah, you know, Chiefs fans had a touchdown wiped off the a defensive touchdown wiped off the board, which. I think ultimately that was probably the right call. I mean, it was, I don't know. So, so close there. Was it a catch? Was it not a catch? But it just kind of shows you how close these margins are. And, you know, when a call happens, ends up deciding the game more than one that happened a lot earlier in the game. Um, so. Are you taking this away? Okay. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm, I'm seeing good. the availability of my table. You're, you're good. Well, it's still here. Uh, it's still yeah, here. It's like Mahomes. He's still here. Break its ankle. Doesn't matter. Um, with that, is there anything else you want to cover? Uh, Rihanna, how was she in person? So uh, Nora and Roger Sherman went down to the concourse to watch. As you know, in the press box, the sound is not amazing. You can, you can hear it, certainly. Um, but it wasn't, you don't get the full effect. Having said that, it was visually striking. So I got, the, I, got, uh, I got the gist. Let's just say that. I enjoyed it. She's got some bangers. I think, I think a lot of it was her flexing two things. Number one, she did it alone. She did it pregnant. Um, and then the other part of it is that she's just got a lot of hits. And so she was just yeah. like, let me remind you how good I am at my job. That was what that was. You know how like uh, all sports writers like in a weird bid to, I don't know, get hired somewhere else. They're always like, here's my best work of the season. You know, whatever. And like December 31st, they're like, here's a thread of the stuff I'm really proud of. Rihanna did that, except it was just banger after banger after banger. It was like the most popular songs in the history of the world instead of a feature about it, like a backup linebacker who had a rough go of it. But I will say the, for lack of a tutter, the balls to the balls to start that show with "Bitch, better have my money" was yeah amazing, just just truly incredible. That's what and I'm starting only, out my column with tonight. <laughs> that's that's fair. I'm re- I'm ready for that. The only um my only regret about the halftime show is that we did not have a camera on Roger Goodell's face when he heard "Bitch, better have my money" as the first line of the halftime show. That was that was disappointing. But the rest of it, perfect. No notes. Lindsay Jones, what a season it's been. We'll be back. I'll be back. We'll be back. Um, closer to draft time. I have to go raise a child for a few weeks. Um, I think there actually might be a couple. We actually have some big old guests um, who are on the books for in the next couple of months that I may have to pop back in for. If there's any huge news, I will weigh in on that. Um, but we're going to take a little break. Will you come back to update us on your parenting is easy take at some point in the next like six weeks? No, I will weeks? not, unless it continues to be easy. I did FaceTime with okay. Teddy when I was on the field uh, before the game. It was wonderful. He knows ball. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. He pretty much, he pretty much nailed the entire game beforehand. He told me what was going to happen. So that's it. Good to know. All right. Thank know. you to Richie Bozick for his help. Um, I'm so Richie was in, in Scottsdale or Phoenix all week. So was Corey McConnell. And uh, both of them are absolute geniuses and we're helping with all the episodes you saw, you heard. Uh, it is, uh, you know, it would take me another 30 minutes to talk about how much I appreciate those guys, the work they do, um, the creativity that they have. Richie makes pretty much all the trailers that you see during the season. Um, and 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 he's just he's just the best. And I, I cannot be any prouder of working with Corey or Richie. And I, you know. I saw Solak and Ruiz in, in the locker room after the game and, and said it to the effect, uh, said something to a similar effect that I, you know, I, I feel so lucky and blessed to, to be on the Ringer NFL staff. And, and I, I enjoy logging on or listening or reloading my, my podcast app every day and seeing what we have, because I am, uh, I am not worthy. And, and I just, I just love being a part of it. And uh, I can't wait to do it all again. For the well, draft. I didn't realize we were, didn't realize we were saying our thanks here, but yeah, it's been uh it's been awesome. Well, we're Everything done for last the week is great. We're, we're done, done for, for the, the season. season we're going to sleep. We're going to sleep, baby, in a couple days. You're yeah, not. I'll get right on a, that. I'll get right on that sleep. I heard, I, heard with a, I heard with a four yeah, week I, old. That's the peak sleep time. Um, but yeah, our staff crushed it. Um, loved being with you guys. This has been Slow News Day on the Slow News. I don't, I don't even know what to say. The Slow Ringer Podcast Network. Love you guys. Mm-hmm.
This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.